My kind Heavenly Father, we're so grateful, Lord, for the privilege we have to call you our Father. Thank you, Lord, that you're a God who hears and answers our prayers, knows our needs long before we have them. We thank you and we praise you. We thank you for loving us. We thank you, Father, for this special day when we remember in our minds and our hearts our moms. Father, I pray this morning that every one of us can reflect back on those good times. Father, I pray now that you go with us through this service. Guide us, guard us, and direct us. Deliver us your message. In Jesus' name we ask it. Amen. Thank you, and you may be seated. I know if some of you didn't know already that the preacher wasn't going to be here, thank you for not leaving. If you looked in the worship guide and said, oh, there, there's, that's not his name. Thank you so much. God bless you. I know there are many who are gone visiting today and in other places and families are gone with families. I'm I've got part of my family here this morning for the first time in a long time. My daughter and her husband uh, are here, and thank you for being here. Last week, when the pastor stood up and shared with us his message, he put some very disturbing things up on the screen, if you remember. Some things that are going on in our nation, going on in our world around us. And it was very depressing Was it not? It was very depressing to see those pictures and to associate with what they were talking about because we're all very much aware of the problems that we have going on in our nation and in our world around us. God's not a very popular person right now. You know that? Christ is not a very popular individual right now. Christians Christians are not very popular. What's going on? What's happening? Whatever happened to the commitment that God talked about? Let me, let me just share some things with you. Trust me, I'm only doing what God's laying on my heart sharing with you. Why do you suppose that there are close to one million churches in America and yet they're not making a more, more of a moral our spiritual impact upon the world, upon America. I'm talking about just in America, there's a million churches, uh, church members in America, a million church members in America. And yet, be honest with yourself and be honest with one another this morning. I don't see God moving forward very much in America anymore like I used to, like some of you who are older can look back and see. In 79 years, I've covered a lot of territory, and I remember a lot of things about how God was moving in our nation. And all at once, we wake up today, and we don't see that. We don't sense that. We sense something a little different. We're not making the moral and spiritual impact upon upon the world, upon our nation, upon our own communities like we should, like we used to. Why is it that on Sunday morning... There are thousands of churches that have more empty pews than they do full ones. We're just one church. 
There's thousands of churches everywhere, big ones, little ones, you name it. And yet, on the average, not half of them are full. What's happened? What is happening? Why is it that the average Sunday school Bible study, like Sunday morning Bible Bible school, Bible, your Sunday school classes across America, why is it that the average Sunday school study in America has less than 66 people in attendance? Think about that. And the average worship service in America today, 84. These are fairly new statistics. Average attendance, 84. He said, that don't sound like very many when we've got mega churches everywhere. Praise the Lord for those who do have more than 84. But what's happened? Many of those churches who have who are less than 84 now used to be hundreds. And they no longer do. Why is it that only 50% of the number on any church membership role can be expected to attend. These are hard statistics to swallow. Not trying to be ugly, trying to be truthful, trying to get us to, well, something's going on. I don't know about you, but I'm very concerned. I am very concerned about what's happening in the world, what's happening in America, what's happening in, in Christianity. I fear for my grandchildren's children. I don't know, do you? I fear for what's happening. We can look at one another and we can look across the room at one another or up this way or whatever, look around and say, I'm glad I don't have anything to do with that. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Let's talk about it in a second. 50% of the number of people who are on any church roll can be expected to attend on any Sunday. The answer to this, these questions is it, very, it's tragically very simple, to be honest with you. It very, it's very simple. God's people have made a decision about Jesus. Praise the Lord. God's people have made a decision about Jesus, but have never made a commitment. Listen to what I'm saying. Listen to what I'm saying. There is a vast difference in a decision and a commitment. Is there not? There's a great deal of difference. Many people have made the decision, I'll follow Christ. But they never did step into that next category of the Christian experience that the Word of God says is so important and gives us the line-by-line instruction on how to step from there over into the category of commitment Commitment. Think about it. Think about There's a difference between decision and commitment. According to very, very current statistics, at least 50% of all the marriages will end up in divorce. 50%. Why do you suppose that's happening? What's caused that to happen? Why is that going on? Charles Stanley, in his book, 
titled Comforting Casual Christianity, he says that it's because these couples made a decision to get married. They stood before the preacher and made promises, and they recited vows. They made a decision to get married. They kissed one another and walked together out of there to live, but not necessarily happy ever after, and not necessarily together, so they got a divorce. The answer to that is they made a decision to get married. But you know what it's going to take for that to last? It takes a commitment to each other. You just don't make the decision without making a commitment with something that important. If I could ask you on a scale of 1 to 10, how important is it that when you get married you make a commitment to one another? I doubt seriously there would be a one of you in here that would not raise your hand. I wouldn't embarrass anybody. But that's a, that's a given fact. You make a, you make a decision to do something. That's one thing. That's the first step. But the major is that commitment. Amen? That commitment to that person. That entails an awful lot more than just making a decision. We make some decisions in our life that we regret very, very quickly, don't we? The same is true about the church, folks. It really is. The reason that the church is not making more of an impact on our society today, I really believe it's because many church members have made a decision about Christ, but not a, made a commitment to Christ. And I'll be glad to sit down and talk with you until dark or after just to share with you how I can back that up. All of what I'm saying, I don't guarantee you, I can back up right here. I can back it up right here. If you know the Scripture well enough, you can say amen to that. You can, you can know God doesn't, God doesn't expect us to do something. He doesn't give us the opportunity and give us the wherewithal to learn how to do it. God shows us how to make that commitment, not only to Him, but to one another. If you can make a commitment to Christ, you can make a commitment to others. You know, when the pilot, and I'm not a pilot, some of you may be a pilot, I don't know, but I know, I've been told this, that when a pilot of a giant airline starts speeding down the runway, getting ready to take off, hundreds, 200 passengers back there, and he's put the throttle down on the thing, and he's taken off down the runway, there is a point on that runway where his staying on the ground is no longer an option. When he gets to that point, he better know it's time to pull the stick back and get off the ground. And what is he doing? When he gets to that point where he says, I've got to do something, he makes a commitment off the ground. Without that commitment, he could crash and kill everybody on the board. It takes commitment in anything you do. When he crosses that line, he's committed to the air. He no longer can take off or a disastrous crash could take place. Unfortunately, 
There are churches that are filled with members who never got off the ground. Never have made it off the ground in their commitment. They've never got to that place where they're, they've, they've, they fully have committed themselves to God. Many have been sitting there gunning their engines, so to speak, stepping on the accelerator and running the motor up real high. I'm going to do it. I've been meaning to. I'm going to do it one of these days. I'm going to really commit myself to God. I'm going to commit myself to the church. I've been wanting to. I've been trying to. I'm going to. I'm aiming to. I hope so. And on and on it goes. The tragedy is some of them and some of us may never got off the ground in our commitment. We make commitments sometimes in our life. We make commitments to the point that it will appear that I'm fully engaged. I'm going to get off the ground here. I'm going to be totally committed. And then something else happens. I'm sure many of you have been through that statistic of marriage and divorce. Some of you have. You ask a person who's gone through that, and they'll be quick to tell you that commitment was missing somewhere back there. Commitment. We're talking about being committed to God. I want to challenge you this morning to get off the ground, okay? Get off the ground. Get, get airborne. Get into being committed to Christ. Being committed to what God wants you to do. We know God wants us to do this and do that. And we put a lot of things on there that we call, this is, we got to do it. I got to go to church. I got to do this. I got to do that. You don't got to do anything but do what God tells you to do. In Romans chapter 12, first two verses says this, Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is. His good, pleasing, and perfect will. Amen. Amen. The word present there in those scriptures, present yourself. It's a Greek word. It's a technical Greek word. It's used for offering a sacrifice. This is a voluntary act. It does not say, I command you, does it? No. It says, I beg you. I completely up to you. I plead with you. I beg with you to make that commitment to Him. Make that commitment to do what God expects His children to do. That means we've got to get out of the way sometimes of ourselves and do what God wants us to do. Amen? I know this is not your typical Mother's Day message, but I'm no fool. I'm not going to try to tell a mother how to be a mother. You ladies doing great. Y'all do great. But God wants me to tell folks how to be a better Christian, how we can all be more committed to God and make a difference 
in the world around us. Somebody's dropping the ball. Somebody's happening. Something is happening out there because the world is turning against Christianity. Do you know that? It really and truly is. It's against Christianity. Paul says here the the motivation to be is to be remembering the mercies of God. Close your eyes for just a moment. If you want to, you don't have to. But just close your eyes for a moment and think about the mercies of God. Based on what you have received from God, based on what, you know, you, you can really say in your life, I'm blessed by God. Surely you can. And when you reflect on all the goodness of God, how, listen to me, look at me, how, Can we be anything other than what? Committed to Him. What has He done for you that you can't do for yourselves? Everything, really. What's keeping us from opening our eyes and saying, we have no excuse here. We've got to be committed to the person who gave His all for us. He gave His life for you and for me. And all He asks us is to accept Him commit ourselves to Him, and be faithful in His Word. Be faithful. Can you really say you don't owe Him anything? Can you really honestly say, I don't owe God anything? He's not done anything for me. That I'm ready. You can't say it. Shut up, Ronnie. You can't say that. Paul goes on to say that it's our reasonable service. It's our reasonable service. Based on what we have received, it's logical that we would be committed and commit ourselves to God. It's a logical thing. It's, there really is no room for discussion. It's the very logical thing to do. The believers are told that they are to present themselves as living sacrifices. Living with the understanding that there is no such thing as a partial sacrifice. I, wait a minute, God, I, I really can't go this morning. I really can't. No, I got something else, Lord. You know what I need to do, Lord. Put it all on God's shoulders. Say, you know what I got to do. I can't go and do this. I can't be faithful. I, you know that. We're good at that. He wants a total commitment to Him, not a partial, not a partial commitment. There's a lot of folks that say, I'm committed to God. But you let something go on down here at the church that needs everybody who's committed to God to be here, and they got to go somewhere else. they got something else that's more important. What is more important, folks, than serving God? Name it. You can't convince me. i got 40-something years of experience of knowing you can't convince this old hard-headed boy. Are we committed to God? Are we committed to Him? Are you committed, totally committed to Him? Is it a partial thing? If I have time, if I can work it in my schedule, if, 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 and if. It's impossible to be sort of committed. You're either committed or you're not committed. It's impossible to be partial committed. Heard a story about this pig walking down the road and there's a chicken walking along there beside him. 
they see this sign says, <laughs> on that sign it says, breakfast benefit to the poor. Chicken, the chicken looked at the pig and said, hey, you, you and I ought to donate a ham and egg breakfast. The pig looked at him and said, not so fast, Buster. For you, it's just a contribution. But for me, it would be a total commitment. You feel like a pig? You feel like a chicken? Do you feel like you're committed to God totally? Folks, it's serious business. God says in His Word over in the Old Testament, when my people that are called by my name, that means I'm looking for my committed people. I'm looking for those that are committed, he said. When my people who are called by my name will do what? Humble themselves before me. Profess their sins. Call on me. Pray. Seek my face. I'll hear from them. I'll come to the rescue. I'm paraphrasing. But that's what it says. We expect God to do more than our commitments sometimes merit. To commit ourselves to God means that we are to yield ourselves to Him, surrender to Him, abandon ourselves to Him, entrust ourselves to Him, place ourselves at His disposal. Whatever God wants, not what I want. Whatever He wants. True commitment is something that you cannot take back. You can't. In all honesty, you can't take it back. Verse 2 says, Do not be conformed to this world. Conformed is the word we get from our English word scheme. It sounds like a scheme to me. It means confirmation that it's outward without necessarily having any interchange. I can make it where you can hear me. I want you to understand I'm committed, but deep in here, I'm not changing. I'm going to be like I have been always. I'm not changing. He's saying do not allow yourself to adopt the fashion of this world, he says, to be forced into the mold of the world. We need to be, we need to be molded and made by whom? By God. By God. Not by man, not by what we want, not our desires, not our wants, not our hungers, but it's Him. Second word in that, in that verse I read a moment ago is transformed. It's translated transformed. We get the English word metamorphosis from that. This was an interchange which has a lot of observable outward manifestations. That's commitment, folks. That's commitment. When it starts in here, it's made here, the change is made in here. <laughs> and then it comes out in an observable. That means people can see it. I've changed. I'm making a difference. I'm committing myself to God. I'm dropping the old way. This is the work of the Holy Spirit. 
but it requires cooperation on your part, on my part of the believer. But it begins with commitment. It begins with commitment. There's three, very quickly, three clear calls to commitment that every one of us has to face. Let me share them with you very quickly. Number one is commitment to personal growth. If I'm a child of God and I have given my heart to Jesus, I made the decision to follow Christ. When I made that decision to follow Jesus, I'm putting myself at the front doorstep. The next step I've got to make here is I've got to be committed. I've got to find out how, what I need to do. I'm facing this thing of, of personal growth. How do I personally grow into what God wants me to grow into? You're not automatically like that made a Christian. You're made a Christian pretty fast, but you're not a mature one. You're not one that's really committed yet because you don't know what you've got to do until you get into God's Word, till you start studying His Word, till you start praying and asking God to show me and reveal to me and give me, give me the wherewithal I need, God, give it to me. He'll do so. You've got to make a personal a commitment to a personal growth. In Philippians chapter 3, verse 10 and through 12, says this, I want to know Christ, yes, to know the power of His resurrection and the participation in His suffering, becoming like Him in His death, and so somehow attaining to the, re- attaining to the resurrection from the dead. Now that I have already obtained this and have already arrived at my goal, but I press on to take hold of that which Christ Jesus took hold of me for. When we're saved, God got a hold of us. Now He says, I want to make a confirmed, committed Christian out of you. I got a job for you to do. I got a job for you to do. First thing I want you to do is join that church that I formed from the very beginning of time. Even before we had steeples on the church, He told Peter, your principle is what I'm going to build a church on. The church is God's place. The church is God's idea. The church is where He wants His people to come and be faithful to and be committed to what it takes to do that. It takes a lot more for a church to operate and to reach out in this world than just coming on Sunday morning and then that's it. There's other things always going on. We have almost weaned ourselves off of being faithful to God in some areas that we probably don't have time to talk about. Commitment to personal growth. Second thing, commitment to the local body. The local church. This is, that's the first level of commitment outside of the personal relationship with the Lord. When you're personally saved, the next step is the church. A local church. The local church, with all of its imperfections, is still the Lord's major avenue through which He accomplishes His work. This represents a lot of churches everywhere. And he put them together for the purpose of reaching out into the world around him and touching other folks. The local church with all of its imperfections is still the Lord's major avenue. Hebrews chapter 10 Verse 25, you don't like to hear this verse, but this is it. 
he says, not giving up meeting together, as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day approaching. Well, I can't go to church all the time. That's not what he's saying. Don't misread what he's saying. Not forsake the assembling of ourselves. Some people really and truly, honestly, I, I'm going to say this. You throw rocks at me if you want to or kick me out. I know another church I can go to, all right? <laughs> but listen to this. This is serious. I'm going to say it kind of like pastor does once in a while. I'll listen to what I'm saying because you need it. Give me your undivided attention for just a moment. Some people just do not see church attendance as being necessary. Amen? We don't see it as being totally necessary. Tell you why. You'll see lots of people on Sundays out doing their recreation instead of being in God's house. Out having fun. That's their commitment. You see those same people out in their yard doing their yard work. I don't like to do it on Monday, much less do it on Sunday. But people are more interested in how they look there. You say, you're being foolish, right? No, I'm not, because there's a lot of folks that that's exactly the reason they don't come. I know why, because I've been out there and asked them before. Oh, I belong to that church. I just, when I got time, I'll go. Okay, that tells me everything. When I got time, I'll go. When I get committed, I'll be back. It takes some strong commitment to be faithful to God in the areas that He wants us to be. There are some that they don't see attendance as, as necessary. They don't see, rec- they see recreation. They see yard work. They see, they see entertaining. They see viewing sporting events as a necessity rather than being church worshiping. Okay, I did kick you in the britches in, didn't I? We're talking about God, folks. We're talking about the Savior. We're talking about the, the Lord that saved our souls, the one that died on the cross for us, the one who's given us everything we have, the one that we looked at in, our, in a moment when our eyes were closed and said, I can't think of anything that really and truly... Well... When we're committed, God gets committed. Okay? To some, church attendance and and participation rank right up there with... (laughs) I heard one guy say one time, that's pretty close to... Ranks right up there with watching the construction of the new wing on the museum in town. Not very exciting, is it? Commitment to church is deeper than just attendance. I want you to know that very quickly. It's much deeper than attendance to worship service. But it does begin there. It does begin. You begin by being involved. You've got to be involved. Commitment to a local church demands loyalty. It demands that we be loyal to Him. Into our church. And when we criticize the church, our own church, you say, I wouldn't do this. Well, I'm, I've been out there and I've heard it before, folks. Not just, I don't know, you, I've heard it. 
many times, criticism of their own church. Well, I really wish they would do this a little different at my church. I wish this would go. I wish that one, you know, on and on and on it goes. And when we criticize that church to the outside community and happens to be the one that we go to occasionally, we're shooting ourselves in the foot. We're doing more harm to ourselves than we are anyone else. The last commitment here that God expects of us from our local body to the commitment to the ministry. God says, I, I, I really I, I expect it. I expect my children to be involved in the ministry of the church. That's uh, that's kind of like being in a group of people sometime and somebody hollering fire. What do you think happens? <laughs> Commitment to the local church also means actively using the talents and the gifts that God has given to you and to me to serve in the various ministries of the church. Yes, I said a moment ago, the church, after you commit, after we're committed to him and committed to his church, he formed them, he built the church, he made the church for the purpose of his people coming together to reach out to the world around them and, and do what he wants them to do. And so we've got we've to be committed to the ministry that goes out and does this. Paul reminds us in Romans chapter 12 and verse 6, He says, we have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. If your gift is prophesying, then prophesy in accordance with your faith. We all have different gifts. God's given every one of his children a gift. gift. Some of us have the same, but there are many gifts. Some of you have more than one gift. Ministry means putting those gifts to work. There was a young preacher that was thrilled to death to be able to come to his new church. and He got there, and the first Sunday he got up to preach his first sermon. The next Sunday he preached the same sermon, same scripture. And the third Sunday he preached the same message again. And this kind of sparked the ear of one of the Gentleman in the church, and one of the deacons it was, he got a little concerned, and so he went to the young preacher, and he said, can I talk to you a minute? And he says, that's a great sermon you've been preaching, but don't you have another sermon you could preach? And the wise young man said, in John, he says to him, I've got quite a few sermons And as soon as you do something with this one I've been preaching, I'll preach you a new one. As soon as you do what the Scripture says, I'll change Scriptures. John 14, 23, Jesus said, If anyone loves me, there's that word, if. I'm not going to ask a show of hands, but if. Anyone loves me, he will obey my teaching. He will obey my teaching. And my Father will love him. 
and we'll come to him and make our home with him. You know, church members could very truthfully be divided into three classes of people. (laughs) Hold on a minute now. They could be. There could be a class called wishbones, one called jawbones, and one called backbones. You probably already guessed. The wishbones are always wishing and hoping that their church will somehow grow, but without their effort. They're wishing this. The jawbone talks a lot, but do a little. And the backbones do the work. Now, I want to conclude this message with saying this. Casual or committed? It's a question. Casual or committed? Which are you? Which one are you? Are you committed to Christ? Are you committed? You know, I'm not asking you are committed to this church. I'm asking you are committed to Christ. You first got to do what Christ wants you to do. And in the process of doing and learning and, and, and maturing into the person that God wants you to be, and Christ calls you to be, you will learn. You will learn in His Word. You will learn the necessities on how to improve and how to become totally committed to Him. You say, I'm committed to Him, but I'm not committed to the church. Beg your pardon. I would love to argue with you about that. You cannot be committed to Christ and not be committed to His church, to His people, to one another. Are you a casual Christian? Are you committed one? Are you a committed one? If you're here this morning and Maybe you've never made that profession of faith in Christ. Maybe you've never really given your heart and life to Him. That's the first step. The first step is to give Him your heart and your life. Accept His mercy, His grace that He showed us on the cross. And when you believe, by faith you believe Jesus died on the cross so that you and I could have life and have it eternally. You've made a big step forward. If you've done that or have not done that, this is your opportunity to do that this morning. You could have been coming here to this church or any other church for months and months and months or years, and still you have never made that step. You got to be. You got to make that step first. You got to make that decision. Once the decision is made. God will give you the wherewithal to be committed to Him. Do you need to strengthen your decision or do you need to address your commitment this morning? Let's pray. Father, I thank You for this time together this morning. I thank You, Lord, for these that have come aside today. and I thank You, Lord, for Your Word. For, Lord, it's It's our salvation. Your word is our mission. It's our commitment. It's our life. 
It's your love for us. And Father, I pray this morning, if there's one in, this, in the midst of us this morning that does not know Christ as their personal Savior, I pray, Father, this will be the morning, this will be the day, this will be the moment in which they ask Christ to come into their heart and life to save them. Father, for those of us that have made that decision, Lord, I pray that you give us a good analysis of our own commitment to you. Help us, Lord, to be able to back up what we say we believe and what we say we're committed to. Help us, Lord. I pray, Father, for that one that might be lost here this morning. I pray for that one that would be saved and not committed Father, I pray that we might all commit ourselves to a closer and a deeper relationship with you. Guide us, guard us, and direct us this morning, Father. For in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.